God speaks to us in many different ways, through many different people and many different avenues, and sometimes it can be encouraging or inspiring, calling us forth to do something new. Sometimes um, it can be gentle and soothing. Sometimes it can be comforting, like we heard in the um, surprise alternative first reading um, that we almost got, <laughs> console, console my people. Um, but when God speaks through John the Baptist, we know that it's going to be in your face and very confronting. <laughs> John was a wild character, um, wild clothes. He was clothed with um, the, the hair and the leather from the animals that he could find. He was eating whatever bugs and wild honey he could find in the wilderness. Um, and he seemed to preach with such a fire that it's no wonder that great crowds of people, it's, it's probably exaggerating, but it does say in the gospel here that all of Judea and all of Jerusalem and all of the Jordan district came out to see him. Um, but it seems like it would have been entertaining enough that who wouldn't want to go out and see this guy? But we also get this summary of his whole preaching mission in the gospel today. And it says that John was out there preaching and this was the message that he had. Repent because the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Now the question that came to my mind about that is why is it not rejoice because the kingdom of heaven is close at hand? Surely the kingdom of heaven is an exciting thing that, that we would welcome its coming and it's a great thing that it's, that it's coming, that Jesus is coming to be amongst us. Why is it not simply rejoice because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, but repent? And I think we can find a clue to an answer of this in John's rebuke of the Pharisees. There's many people coming for baptism, but he realizes that some of them are these Pharisees and Sadducees, and he rebukes them for their presumption. He says, you guys are saying, you know, oh, we've got Abraham for our father, as in they're saying, we're, we're all good. We're at rights with God. We don't need to worry about anything. And this is the same attitude that comes up again and again when Jesus um, rebukes and argues with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that it's this presumption and the complacency that comes from it that they're just okay with God, and it's blocking them from entering the kingdom, from receiving the grace of the kingdom. Because, yes, an, an image of the kingdom of God and the message of its coming should excite us, but it should also convict us of the fact that we're not there yet, that our lives are not perfectly in line with God's plan, and that perhaps we need to change some things to get in line with that. And in our first reading today, the prophet Isaiah gives us this, this beautiful image of what the kingdom of God looks like, of what God wants to bring about when his Messiah comes. And we hear about the wolf and the lamb, the panther and the goat, the calf and the lion cub, I think there was a bear and a cow in there as well. These animals that we would expect to be eating each other, <laughs> fighting with each other or tearing each other apart, are living perfectly happily side by side. We see a little baby playing with a snake and nobody's getting hurt. Very unusual. It's, it's an image of peace. It's an image of harmony and of, of unity of all things united together in a, on, a, on a scale hitherto undreamt of. And this should stir up in us an excitement. Yes, we want to experience that kind of peace, that kind of unity in the whole world, in our lives, in our relationships. That's exciting. That's beautiful. God is bringing that and it should inspire us. But we can also realize 
and take a look at how it reflects back on us and say, are our lives like that? I don't know about you, but I look at this image and go, no, my life's not perfectly like that. So, this is why repent is the encouragement of John's message. Because when we're convicted that, okay, God wants to bring a grace and my life is not all in line with that. My heart is not prepared to receive and to participate in what God wants to bring, then there's a need to change things. There's a need to turn my heart around. There's a need to change some things in my life. And I think it's much like if we're driving somewhere and we realize that we're driving in the wrong direction. I'm driving this way and my destination is actually over there. It's not going to do me much good if I just realize that I'm going in the wrong direction and I feel sorry for myself. I might even say sorry that I'm doing the wrong thing. But unless I actually turn around, I'm still never going to get to my destination. I'm going to keep moving further and further away from it. At the very least, I should stop moving in the wrong direction. And this is something of what our repentance looks like. This news of the coming kingdom and this image of the kingdom that God gives us um, should show up those parts of our lives that are not moving in line with God's plan. And this is how we're called to repent. Yes, we still rejoice that the kingdom of God is coming, but we also repent in preparation for it. And what does it look like for us to repent? So, firstly, there's the let's stop driving in the wrong direction so we don't get any further from our goal. And that's that recognizing where there is sin in our life, recognizing where there are, there are parts of my heart that are opposed to the kingdom of God, opposed to Jesus and the grace that he's bringing in, we're called to stop that. That's a key part of repentance. Reconciliation and, and bringing those sins to the Lord is definitely a big part of that. But it also means actually changing our lives around, changing the behaviors, changing the patterns that keep taking us in the opposite direction of the kingdom. But then we can also actually start moving in the right direction towards the goal. And that's why in our repentance, a key part is, is to work with the grace of God, to to take up, whether that's acts of kindness or some loving thing, or also just, just turning our hearts towards God in prayer. That's that key part of, of recognizing the grace of the kingdom that God wants to bring and turning ourselves towards it. But I've, I've heard of a family Advent tradition um, that I think expresses this kind of repentance and this whole thing that we're called to in Advent really, really well. And it involves getting a manger, like the manger that Jesus was born in, and while Advent goes on, you fill it up with straw. You fill it up with the hay that was like Jesus' bedding. Um, but the straw is not just straw. Each piece of straw that each person in the family would put in, now I've never actually done this, I've just read about it or heard about it, but uh, maybe you have, then you'd be more of an expert than me. But each day, the family would gather together and they'll reflect on what this piece of straw means and what they have done to prepare for Jesus' coming. What they've done to turn their hearts towards the kingdom that he's bringing. Whether that's been, they've been spending time in prayer. They've been repenting of their sins or they've been doing some acts of kindness towards others. And then as they go through Advent and they're putting in that little piece of straw each day, the manger's filling up. And it's, it's a clear, such a simple but tangible sign of our preparation for Jesus' coming. 
that we're, we're making this, this place, our hearts and our family, <laughs> somewhere that's ready to receive that grace that Jesus is bringing. But another thing that's important in this, this image of um, the straw in the manger is that as much straw as we put into the manger, we're never going to actually get Jesus to come there. We could like fill up the manger to overflowing. And we can do so much work in preparing our hearts for the Lord, but Jesus' coming is actually something completely different, completely new and completely beyond our grasp. So our, our work of repentance, our work of preparation in Advent is never about earning or making Jesus come, but it's, it's a gift that we receive. This is why John makes this distinction as he's talking about, he's inviting everybody to come and be baptized down at the river. But he says that his baptism is just an act of repentance. It's about this turning away from sin, turning our hearts back towards the Lord. But what Jesus is bringing is utterly different. It's a whole new step. He says, he comes, this one who's coming after me, who I'm, I don't even compare to him, he comes to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so as, as much as we would strive to prepare our hearts and take up this work of repentance in real earnest, we can't make Jesus come. We can't, it's not simply a self-improvement project because as much as we might improve our life and, and try to emulate the kingdom of God that God's calling us to, it's really an opening up to Jesus' coming. Uh, a preparing of the, the, the bed of our hearts for Jesus to come in and make his home there. Because it's only by Jesus' coming that the kingdom can really come about in our midst. So we take up this journey of repentance, we take up these little tasks to, yes, do our very best to prepare for Jesus to be welcomed in our hearts. But it's simply a welcoming of that gift that he wants to bring, so that when he comes when he comes to us in this beautiful feast of Christmas, but when he comes into our hearts in whatever those moments are, that we're ready, we're ready to welcome that love and that life and that peace and that unity that he's wanting to bring about. We're ready to participate in the kingdom of heaven that he wants to manifest in our midst. We prepare our hearts by this repentance so we're ready to meet Jesus, we're ready to share in this life that he's offering us.